people, you made it to Tokyo. Now, I was thinking about this and I wanted to start talking about toilets, Japanese toilets. And I will talk about Japanese toilets because I had a bit of a problem with my Japanese toilet. But I cannot not start by talking about Andre Rublev, Kei Nishikori, first round of the Olympics. I just, I was almost heartbroken. I was almost heartbroken when that came out. Because as you know, Nishikori is my pick. Because you can't talk about toilets. Well, (laughs) no, because I will come back to toilets. But Nishikori is my pick for gold. He's like the romantic fairy tale. This is what his whole life has been about. He's going to upgrade that medal to gold. Um, And Rublev is is for me Rublev. So I was was pretty much devastated when that draw came out. I mean, that's enormous for a first round. Whatever tournament we're talking about, that's big. Yeah, well, I mean, for Nishikori, it's just being that dangerous floater, isn't it? Tough, tough. I mean, Rublev absolute winning machine I'm, I think that's going to be tough for Kay if there was a crowd maybe it would be different but yeah, yeah I agree I it's going to be tough so that's my so at some point we can do predictions in this and oh, do I stick with it I, oh, so that honestly when that draw came out and we saw Andy Murray against Felix Ogier you are like yeah. that's good oh and there's a few in there you're thinking oh my word and then Murray and Salisbury have got Herbert and Mahu in the doubles first round, you're thinking, oh, but it, it was it was that matchup that stood out to me. And I thought, that's that's devastating. That's that's not a good first round. For I me. know. But there's always going to be one, isn't there? And I know that's a bit of a it's a bit of a shocker, isn't it? That one. But uh, at least it means the action will be go, go, go from the very, very beginning. It's, because if everybody had sort of the right sort of draw, then it would just be waiting until the seeds really got going. So, you know, exciting time, potential upsets, early doors. I know. But and it's always this thing. You look at those ties and you think, great, we're going to have an upset. And then then you get to the next round and that person's no longer there and you know the upset at the moment is wonderful and then later in the draw you're like ugh you know what I mean when you've mm. you, ugh okay we have so so favourite though has that changed or are you going to stick with Kay oh uh, <laughs> um, I think well I, I think that was more I think Djokovic looks like his draw is pretty good top half of the draw and looks I know and that is actually the Rublev Nishikori little chunk you would meet one of those two couple of matches in. Uh, Zverev's also in his section of the draw. Andy Murray's down the bottom with Medvedev, but he's obviously got Felix Auger, let's see him early on. And I know we've talked about the level of it is three sets in terms of Djokovic. And if it was over five sets, and, and this year for the first time, the men's final is three, not five sets. So you really feel it's leveled out. And Djokovic, to me, is still... But the conditions, I have to say, and I've been talking to a few people who have been out there practising at the Ariaki Tennis Park, it's the heat and the humidity. I mean, uh, I mm. know I know in the UK where you are, it's, it's hot and we're not used to that heat back home. Heat <laughs> and it's weird because we're just not used to that kind of heat. I've got the family back home saying we can't sleep and it's so uncomfortable, but it's very much like that out here. It is very hot and it is very humid. I think we've got possibly thunderstorms coming in over the weekend. We are... What day is it today? It's that's like our weather forecast. We're we're really far away from Tokyo, but how can we got the same weather forecast? Is our weather the same? We are current, so it's Thursday afternoon, so Thursday yeah. morning with you, and we're currently thirty four degrees, and I think the thunderstorms are coming in around Monday, or something. Right, okay. So- our thunderstorms are due. I think actually for tomorrow. Oh, so you- tomorrow evening you're gonna have them first Maybe the weekend you have them first yeah, and they'll to sort of head over. clear everything but it's from what anybody I've... that complains that 
you know, it's not that hot. Because, yes, it's not 34 degrees here. It is about 31 degrees here. However, oh. we are not built for this. And, <laughs> and you're probably, are, you in a, oh. are you in a house with carpet? All those kind of things that, yeah. that don't this suit what people don't understand. Yeah. We are not built for any sort. We're not, we're, all houses are designed to keep us warm in the winter. That's what they're designed for. We have no AC. No one owns AC. It doesn't happen. You might get in a hotel, in a posh hotel if you're lucky. But we don't have ho- AC at home. We don't, I mean, we, we have a fan that can move hot air around. But that's about it. So anybody who thinks that it's not that bad, it is bad because you can't sleep. Can I show you my AC controller? So you tell Ooh. me, no, you tell me which button does what on that remote control. Because honestly, and this is no joke, and I've been here since... I think it's been here since Sunday. So what are we talking, three or four days? Every time, look at that, it takes me uh, five minutes or so. Because what do those buttons mean? <laughs> do they mean anything well, to you? The thing, well, they mean something to people who speak Japanese. Yeah, because but... it's just ri- there's obviously words on there. It's just written in Japanese. But each time it takes me five or six minutes to put the air conditioning just on. Just bash them. So you wake up at like three o'clock in the morning because of jet lag and it's really hot. So you start pressing all these buttons and you hear all this kind of beeping and stuff and nothing happens. Like, I don't know what that means. Mm. It means nothing to me. Yeah, just to go with all of them. So I mean, ob- yeah, I it doesn't mean pain. anything to me because I don't speak Japanese. Do you not? I'm not unearthing a hidden skill. <laughs> no, no. Although... <laughs> Although we have been doing that on holiday, hidden skills, and I've come up with a couple. Oh, okay. <laughs> can you can you tell us what your hidden skills are? Yeah, I mean they're really not that exciting or then. interesting at all. But we were doing this actually the other night. Well, one is flags, and I'm very good at flags. What? As in, oh, I show you a I know flag. Flags. You tell me where yeah. the flag comes from. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. I know all the flags. Um, it's not a fun game. Um, and um, and weirdly, I was just challenged to say the alphabet backwards and. I've never tried that before, but I just did. So Without yeah. looking, just as in off the top of your head? Oh, yeah, yeah, without, just off the top of my head. How many, Z, how many pauses? It? I'm not going to get you to do it now because I don't think it would make good good podcast material. <laughs> no, no, no. But this is not, I'm not <laughs> suggesting this at all. No, but I'd like uh, to but hear no, it. it was, I was quite surprised myself. I just sort of said it methodically, like Z, Y, X, that sort of thing. Were, you, just going the whole were time. you drunk? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Oh, there we go. You see, I think, I think, I think a few drinks can unearth a hidden skill, or can there make, an, or can make an average skill a little bit better. Yeah. So I mean, look, they're not the most exciting. I would have loved to have come up with something more interesting than that. But, well, look, I, uh, there you go. I don't have any hidden skills. If that helps, I found this piece of paper with some flags on, and I thought, great, I can test you. Oh no, but, no. Even 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 my six-year-old twins could give me these flags. Like, there's nothing. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, there's nothing. <laughs> they're not. They're not the difficult ones. <laughs> nothing surprising about those flags. But yes, I'm here and I'm safe, and because. Everyone knows rules and regulations, but coming from a, a Group 1 or Group 2 country, of which the United Kingdom is Group 2, with the COVID and, and the variants, you had to be a little bit stricter. So for the first three days, it was pretty much hotel, where we're working, which is the International Broadcast Centre, and hotel. And and then yeah. Uber Eats. And if you think that the um, the air conditioning thing is difficult, you try ordering on Uber Eats. I mean, that I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was looking at pictures and I'm thinking... I hope I hope that's what I think it is because I'm about to order it. So it it was quite. So for the first three days, it's pretty strict, which it has to be. We have the test. It took 
two and a half hours to get through immigration. Oh, wow. Well, actually, no, that's that's quite good because some people I know took five hours. Right, and it's because of COVID stuff. Yeah, that's just, they kind of check. No. They're checking certificates. They're checking, you, you do a COVID test there as well. Um, so it, so you have to wait for the, um, the result of that. Uh, but in terms of people arriving, it was like on my plane, it was pretty empty because... Um, the UK's on the red list in Japan we've got special exemptions to be here to work on the games and it's why things are quite strict which they have to be so but I'm through my three days now it, it doesn't mean I can suddenly go out and roam Tokyo it just loosens things a little bit so you get sort of a, a touch more freedom even in terms of your of your movement around where you're working but it's yeah. uh you know it's very strict everything's sanitized ever as it has to be the athletes they're in sort of holding camps before they get into the village and i think it's pretty much once you're out then i think maximum 48 hours you're then out of the village yeah you know you heard the stories in recent years where they'd sort of party for the second week if they're in action in the first i think now it's pretty much like holding camp in when you're out Oh yeah, I mean, no, there's it. none of that um, that going on, is there? In terms of, I suppose, the, the standard Olympic experience. But um, I mean, it, it's it's a di- it's so difficult for them, isn't it? I think they're obviously just going to do the best they can, keep it as strict as they can. But um, you know, it's been inevitable that there have been a few positive cases already. I mean, do you know how many athletes are there in total? I mean, in my head, it's like ten thousand. I mean, it just must be. Huge, because if you, I just think about the athletes we'd send from GB. I mean, that's hundreds. Yeah, I don't know the exact number. I've been so focused and zoned in on, on the tennis. I mean, ask me anything about anyone who's here for the tennis. I can give you numbers and stats, but it's it's a lot. And I think that's why they're not all in the village at the moment. So there'll be some in a holding camp and they come out a bit later. So I think they're trying to... Obviously, tennis is one of the first sports. So a couple of the sports are underway now. Football... And I think softball's underway. We've got the opening ceremony on Friday. What is it? Day Thursday. So that's tomorrow night. Um, yeah. But there's tennis and then, start on Saturday. Yeah, tennis starts on Saturday. Okay, so it, it's one of the first events. There's some events like um, table tennis and volleyball, and there they run through the whole of the Olympics right right until the end. But I think they're trying to stagger it as much. I mean, the organisation, as I think you'd expect in Japan, is phenomenal in terms of how you go in places, how you come out, how you sanitise. It's really, it is. It's it's a phenomenal setup, I have to say. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I kind of can't wait to get going now. You've had yeah, you've had the build up. You're here. The jet lag has has sort of. But you know what? I was listening. I get your thoughts on this. Well, I probably know your answer to this. I was listening to a, a debate on the radio. I can't even tell you whether it was morning or evening because I'm so confused. And it was about the Olympics, and they were arguing should some sports some sports don't deserve to be there because basically. The people involved in those sports don't care. And oh, what, yes. Yeah. And, Old. and one of the sports was tennis. So they said... Oh, no. They, no, yes. They, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't think it was going that way. No, because the argument was there was, um, there was someone arguing who was a former badminton player saying this is, you know, my whole life was building up to the Olympics. It's the biggest thing I could have won. Almost the only thing that mattered. Whereas in, say golf or tennis it's not the biggest thing and they can win grand slams and and they were saying things like well Federer decides to be there oh because my knee hurts and and Nadal's not there oh because he needs a rest so therefore the sport as a whole doesn't deserve to be part of the Olympics because they have bigger so they were basically saying keep it very simple would 
Um, bah, 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 bah. Would Andy Murray swap one of his great? If he if he could have a choice between winning Wimbledon or winning a gold medal, which would he choose? Well, he's done both. So, but if he hadn't, if he hadn't, if he hadn't done either, which would he choose? That that's that sure. kind of, and they did that for golf, and they did that for men's football, not women's football. They sort of said uh, Neymar in Brazil. Would it be a gold medal or would it be winning the World Cup? And well, with men's football, I mean, to be fair, for our international li- listeners, they might not be aware, we don't send a team anymore. Yeah, we yeah. did for 2012, and I think we did way, way, way back before then, because we play as nations, not as Great Britain. So standard throughout the year, we play as... I mean, I don't know why I'm explaining this to you. I'm more explaining it to our international No, go, listeners. go, carry on. <laughs> um, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, we've got England, Scotland, Wales. Um, Have we? And, yeah. and <laughs> they all play separately. And basically, just cannot, we just can't do it. Is that right? Is it just that because we can't do it? They just can't well, it's, agree it's, um, how and... to come together and play for Great Britain? Because we yeah. have to enter as Great Britain, right? And it's, it's, under, it's an under-23 tournament in the men's. And there, there isn't an age limit in the women's. Yes. you see what I mean? So that the women's World Cup team can come to the Olympics, but the, the men's couldn't. But yes, it's it's largely to do with everyone agreeing and who does it go under and who takes charge and, and how does it happen. So I suppose that does back up the point that people must not care if, if, if we're just going to say, well, we just won't send the team then. But Too difficult. But it, I, was, I was kind of sort of almost shouting at the radio and I almost wanted to message in because they were saying, and I, I know in a debate you really have to go strong on one or the other. And I thought yeah. the guy arguing for it, I didn't feel it was strong enough I do see slightly the argument that in some sports this is the pinnacle and this is this is everything whereas in in tennis maybe it's not but this this is an exceptional Olympics a number of these players aren't coming here because of the situation because these tennis yeah. players are living in bubbles they're, they're you know that this is they're saturated by them it has to be like that a number of them are injured with Roger Federer it's you know if you're injured, you're injured. You can't be like, well, you know, and I just, and Nadal, we know it's an injury. We know there's a foot injury. It's not just, I'm resting my body. And, and he's had that for a while. And But I've been obviously looking into all these players who are here and the amount of them that say, it's my dream. I've grown up wanting to represent my country at Olympics. This would be the biggest thing in my life if I were to win gold. And that's coming from Iga Svantec, who's a Grand Slam champion mm. and others who say this, I don't know, I just found it, weirdly do I see it a bit more in golf I don't know I just golf is so new it's so new to the Olympics and I think it does take a little bit of time to build I mean in Rio it was not a full field uh we won we got the gold but um it it wasn't a full field uh but I do think that people sort of saw it and saw that it was a big deal and now Justin Rose gets to say he has a gold medal and I think people really wanted a part of that but as you say this year it is a little bit exceptional I would say to the person who is from badminton did you say a badminton player yeah yeah I mean I would say to to that person that well, okay, so you might have, you know, all of the effort that has gone into getting you to Tokyo in terms of these COVID restrictions, the bubble that's going to be there, you know, you've not been doing that week in, week out for a year now. I mean, since last August, this is what these players have been doing every single week. I mean, this is, is, it's, she might be saying, well, it's really worth it for the Olympics because it's a it's a one-off thing but when it is it's been your life it can be really difficult but I I do agree that I mean if you look at the rest of the the other fields from normal years in Rio and London they've been so everybody's played everybody's been wanting to play the whole time everyone's been 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 gutted and desperate to to pick up medals so 
I disagree with that when with tennis being lumped in, but I do sort of understand football and golf. Golf because it's so new, football because I mean, there's no defence. We don't even send a team. There's just no defence <laughs> of that people care about the football as much as they care about a World Cup. Like they don't. That's just how it I goes. Just, and I know tennis has a lot of superstars, so maybe it's an easy target. So as golf, you know, the guys at the very top of golf are superstars, are multimillionaires, and it just felt. I don't know. I just felt tennis was maybe I'm too much in the tennis bubble, but it was just unfairly being. Picked on and and even she mentioned Andy Murray because I think she was maybe it was at the 2012 I think she was shared a combination or something with Andy Murray or, or something like that and she was just saying you know was it that important to him and I mean of course it's that important to him I just I don't I think it's and you listen to some of these but like Ash Barty saying it, it means everything because you're representing your country and uh, I think but then again you know would I don't know would Ash Barty give up everything she's won at the very highest level for an Olympic gold. No, because because she represents her country everywhere she goes. That's the thing. AUS is next to her name everywhere that she plays and it will continue to be. And I don't think there's ever an event where they're not representing their their country. Yes, it might feel a little stronger, but for me, I think it's more about them being part of the um, the other athletes being part of for ash being part of that green and gold group of players or athletes that is going to be out um, competing i think it's more the camaraderie and you've just got everybody excelling at the best of their sports and it's the it's the whole mix it's incredibly different i think for tennis players i never played in olympics i mean i i timed my retirement pretty poorly stopping in 2011 with the london olympics the following year (laughs) so that was slightly um uh, uh, not ideal, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. I don't think ten. I agree with you. I don't think tennis qualifies. I, I think it does qualify in the fact that yes, we have these majors through the year. We are very lucky where players can earn millions. You know, unfortunately for badminton, you can't earn millions in prize money. I, there has actually been a you know a female badminton player who's earned millions through endorsements, an Indian player, but you can't um, pick it up through prize money. There isn't the structure there in, in the sport, and that's the same for a huge amount of sports that happen in the Olympics. So I do understand that you know we get a lot of coverage through the year, we get a lot of TV time, we get a lot of airtime, we get a lot of fans, um, and you know we fill out a lot of stadiums when we're allowed, um, and you know I know that that is a a very fortunate place to be in, but it's because tennis is the best. This is a little off topic. Why is squash not an Olympic sport? What's stopping squash being in? Oh, isn't it this thing about um, the amount of countries that play it? Because there's always this conversation about netball uh... as well, because netball's not in the Olympics because there just aren't enough countries that play it to a high level. Um, I mean, there are quite a few. Um, I think it's probably the same with cricket. Um, I imagine, in that it's supposed to be sort of a global sport. And that, Uh, everybody can go and, you know, be quiet because there is no more global sport than tennis. And I will argue anyone on this. We've we've done our episode of the tournaments in Guam and all over the world. (laughs) You know, in terms of what the Olympics is about, of that you can be from any nation and compete, I think tennis is, is, is the best, probably better than anything else. I'm just, I mean, I don't know. I haven't thought about other sports. I only think about tennis, but I'm still going to make that statement. I think it's the best. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know what I really love? I absolutely love the Olympics. Like I imagine 90% of the people listening love the Olympics. And I love watching and listening to those sports that I don't see at any time of the year apart from at an Olympics. And what I've also really liked is there's a pool of around, there's a lot of commentators out here and they're all working on different subjects and we're getting the bus in to work in the morning. And I'm finding it fascinating speaking to people from other sports. So on the way back to the hotel today, I was with a guy who used to play table tennis, represented um, Great Britain years and years ago, talking to him about table tennis and someone else on the bus was doing archery and shooting and, and someone else w- was doing the, the, the softball and the volleyball and the, I, I just find it fascinating speaking to all these people in the different sports because we spend most of our year around tennis people which is amazing but it's so nice coming at these other sports and talking to people about their sports and, and it's, the, it's that one time when you know archery is going to be on the global stage. And mm. I, it, it's the only time in four years I, I will watch archery and all yeah. these different. I just find it fascinating. And now the extra dimension of speaking, being around people like there are surfers out here telling me about the waves and what's going to happen and how it works. And I don't know. I, I found it really interesting just kind of soaking up all the knowledge from everyone else um, and all the other sports they're doing which is, yeah, yeah, it's just, but someone asked me a question actually, which I will now ask you because you're the professional here. It's, it's about Novak Djokovic. And they said, because obviously we know Djokovic is going for the calendar slam and the bonus, the icing on the cake would be the golden slam, getting the gold here. They were wondering that, do you feel that this will disrupt his preparations to win at Flushing Meadows, suddenly coming out to Tokyo with the heat and the humidity and putting himself through this to try and get the gold? Or do you think the position he's in, it will make no difference? We could have heat and humidity in New York. We've had some yeah, really hot yeah, and humid yeah. years. You just yeah. never know which way it's going to go with New York, to be honest. It can be sort of different extremes. But Do you think um, this will take it out of him to the extent that it might damage him? And his record's up and down in New York. It's not It's not like we're going to Australia. We're like, oh, yeah, Australia, that's that's Djokovic. So yeah. they were kind of wondering if, if you think... And maybe if he, he has to have a shock defeat. I saw a really fun tweet from Del Potro, who's beaten him at the last two, saying, hey, I'm not there this year. You're going to have a great chance as I'm not there. But Great if, job. I, if Love I that was, one, Martin. <laughs> if, if he was... Uh, beaten it was a shock defeat or a heavy defeat or something like that and everything has gone through and all the traveling and, and the quarantine etc do you think that will adversely affect him going into the US Open yeah I mean first uh, first of all shout out for Del Potro I mean did he get a bronze and a silver silver bronze and a silver or two bronzes something like that um, but basically just didn't play tennis in between the two Olympics because he was so injured um so it's a shame he can't make this one because it would have been a very similar story just barely silver played at Rio bronze at uh, London and Djokovic yeah, that's got his bronze, one medal the bronze in Beijing in 2008 uh, yes, yeah, so for Djokovic, I don't think it's going to make a difference, to be honest. I think that he is definitely going to be tired. He was tired at Wimbledon. He won Wimbledon. Yeah. 
uh, he made that commitment that people thought was a little bit silly in playing the Belgrade event the week before the French Open. And everyone was thinking, is he going to pull out at some point of this Belgrade event to get ready for French Open? He didn't. He finished on the Saturday, I believe, and then went and played on the Tuesday. So he had to get from Belgrade to Paris. He still won Roland Garros, which was the hardest one for him to win. He then went to Wimbledon, very, very tired. He won Wimbledon. So I... I, I, I agree that US is always just a little bit more up in the air. And I actually think it's because of where it sits in the calendar because people are getting tired by that yeah, point. They yeah. are mentally getting tired. Um, and I, I do think that is a big factor. Um, but then when we saw him at the US Open last year, if he hadn't have you know made that massive mistake, would uh, he have won it? Probably. I mean, almost certainly, really, with how, how things panned out. But, um, you know, he got himself defaulted and that's... That's the way that it, it ended. So I, he's going to be going in the favourite for this tournament, the favourite for US Open, the favourite for everything he plays now. So, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to affect him that much. He will be tired at US Open and his main battle will be with himself, I'm sure, because, look, if yeah. Nadal can get there, he's going to be an underplayed, possibly slightly injured Nadal. Um you know, teams not playing as well as he was last year and he's a former champion. You know, where are the threats going to come? Like, there are threats, don't get me wrong, but I mean, really, as long as he can play to a good level, like a, a sort of a decent level for himself, then I, I don't really see who's, who's going to be able to beat him. So um, for me, I think that he is going to win all four slams this year. I think the one question mark is uh, the, the gold medal. We talked about this before, but playing this kind of heat, and I think more the humidity. I mean, it's pretty. It's that. It's that kind of weather where when you step outside, it's like a hairdryer. You know, people like to call it a breeze, but it's not. It's like someone switched on the hairdryer, mm. full heat, and it's just blowing in your face. And after about ten seconds, you're like, actually, that's quite uncomfortable now. So, yeah. in terms of tips, when you're out there as, as a player, how would you prepare yourself for these for these kind of conditions? Oof. Well, firstly, you can give the, bra- the players a break with uh, using their towels. It's really difficult to hold a tennis racket when your hand is sweaty. There's just not a lot you can do about it. People wear sweatbands. You can do what Medvedev does and walk on court with white hands looking like you're wearing gloves because he's dipped it in a chalk solution thing to try and keep it dry. I mean, look, that'll last a little bit of time. But it doesn't last that long. You'll see the chalk rubs at the change of ends, all sorts of that. The main thing is trying to keep your hands dry so that you can hold the racket because... If you feel a little bit slippery, look, it's not like the racket's going to fly out of your hand. You will be able to hold on to it, but it will move in your hand as you hit the ball. And what that causes is for you to grip the racket even tighter, which is more tiring. You're more susceptible for to cramping or getting injured, and you're just not going to hit as good shots. Like You just don't want to be gripping a racket that's sort of a 10 out of 10. You want to be nice and loose through most of the shot and then just sort of squeeze through the contact a little bit. But again, you never really want to do it absolutely full out because then you end up sort of muscling the ball. It's not going to play very well. So that definitely has a... A, a big impact um so yeah i think we'll see a lot of sort of regripping, and it's, it's the hands more than anything and other than that it's just general heat management isn't it so there is an extreme weather policy that will be implemented at a threshold of, of a certain temperature just over 30 degrees celsius and that will be a 10 minute break that will be applied after the second sit in both the men's and women's matches ah, for the yeah, men in both the men's and women's matches that's interesting now it's it's going to be allowed between the second and third sets if either player requests such a break and if both players decline they'll play on 
So they don't, it's not automatically yep. going to stop at the end of the second. But if Fina one of them says, well, actually, um, and I was looking through the kind of things you can and can't do, which is, well, I was going to say interesting. It, it's quite straightforward. If, if I asked you to tell me, you'd probably know exactly what they were, but you obviously can't do coaching or be looking at electronic devices or you can't add on a bathroom break to the 10 minute break. You see what I mean? You can do all that in your yep. 10 minutes, but you can change your clothes. You can take a shower. You can have food and drink. You can adjust a, a medical support but you can't have a medical, you can't have medical treatment unless the referee or, or supervisor has approved it. So it's the standard things that we know are allowed or not allowed. But there is an extreme weather policy that will that will come in if it's needed. But we have to remember the um, the main court at the Ariake Tennis Park. It's called the Coliseum, the Ariake Coliseum, and it's got a roof. So if if it gets really mm. hot, those on centre court, as it will be, there is climate controlled. So they can shut the roof and it will be climate controlled. But on on the outside yeah. courts, and they've redone in the last year or so courts one and two, but on the outside courts, because there's 11 outdoor courts, um, that will stay, the, well, it's got to stay the same because it's outdoors, but they, they can, you can implement the heat rule. You can do it on centre court, but then if it gets that bad, roof comes over, and off we go again. So I sort I'm, of hope we get to see that, though, because I'd be interested to see how many of the men uh, opt to take it. Because sometimes, basically, this is a rule that the WTA have, but the ATP don't in general tennising times. Um, and it's a combination of heat and humidity. And if it reaches a certain point, you can take a 10-minute break. And the combination of heat and humidity is important because it means that in Australia, in Melbourne, the temperature needs to be above 40 degrees because it's very dry heat in Melbourne um, for you to have a 10-minute timeout. But if you were doing that, say, in London at Wimbledon, it would probably only need to be early 30s uh, because it's just much more humid so the combination will just feel so much hotter so they do this sort of weird spinny test oh they probably have something more technologically advanced than that but before it used to be this thing that they would flick around and it was some sort of um, heat and humidity test to give them a, 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 a certain number but I'll be interested to see if the guys do take it up because it's been a little bit of a controversial rule um, because we do have a lot of joint events and you will have the women taking 10 minute timeouts but the men don't and sometimes I remember Barbara Stritzova on court spent the entire 10 minutes just ranting at the umpires saying this is ridiculous we don't need 10 minutes you wonder why people don't watch women's tennis this is it this is stupid I mean I, she just wasted a lot of energy to be honest she could have just sat down in the shade room it. <laughs> but I've always said that when we watch some of the guys go off for their toilet breaks at the end of the second set it pretty much takes 10 minutes I mean we've had they go off for eight minutes at a time to be honest and then by the time they've got all their bags and they've taken the racket out of the plastic sleeve and they've done all sorts of stuff it's taken over 10 minutes it happens pretty regularly so it's sort of the same thing it's not going to feel that different to somebody just take go it walking off very slowly to take a long toilet break i mean is that with the men is that a little bit like the young court coaching when that was happening is it like an ego thing they don't want to is it like a, I always thought that they wouldn't take on court coaching because they'd see it as a weakness yes yes and so many people have said this to me over the years and they will say things like similar to the the women taking the 10 minute timeout. a lot of people will say that that is a bit of a weakness because people might use the word pathetic whatever I mean it's nonsense but it's then nonsense. as i say you'll watch the guys go off for pretty much an eight nine minutes i mean nishikori went and had a shower once didn't he that is essentially taking your 10 minute yeah. 
break. Um, and the same with coaching. And do you know what I say to everybody who says that to me? They'll they'll go, oh, you know, why do you need a coach to step in and and help? And or they'll be watching a women's match and be, oh, okay, here we go. Coach comes on, to come and save the day and sort things out. Absolute nonsense. Do you say that to Anthony Joshua when he's fighting and he goes and has a chat every two minutes with his camp in the corner? You're going to tell him that he's being pathetic because he's having a bit of coaching every every. He's stopping every couple of minutes. It's ridiculous. We are the only sport that does not allow coaching. And if you want it to stay that way, it's absolutely fine. I have no issue with that. But we are the only sport that explicitly... I cannot think of another one. I would love to know if there's another Olympic sport out there across everything where it is explicitly in the rules that no coaching is allowed. Um, Because... It just, it's just, it's mad. I mean, everything has a half time, a chat with the coach. Coaches can shout from the sideline. They can pass notes. I mean, and they can send a water boy out to, to get information across. I just, yeah. And as I say, when they say, oh, you have a sit down, have a chat with your coach. I'm like, you go tell some of the boxers that they're, they're being pathetic and weak because they're having a chat with their coach every couple of minutes. If they see getting on court coaching as a weakness, you can't see overheating as a weakness I mean that's just a fact I mean in, in hot humid conditions <laughs> I would say I'm taking the 10 minutes male or female I'm gonna go and have a shower I'm gonna go and do what I'm just gonna have a break because I mean the heat I'm not very good in heat anyway it doesn't have to be 40 degrees um but it's just so oppressive and I just I think yeah so I mean it, it is this gonna be I, I think yeah. I think a fair number will take it I really do. I mean, as I say, it has to be both to say no for them not to take it. But I just, I, you know, I can kind yeah, of... Which is the same as the as the women's and sometimes it happens. But I can see the argument maybe for not bringing the coach. I could see, I could sort of see that. But I don't see any argument why you wouldn't take, if it was offered in tough conditions, a 10 minute break. Like, I... I I think that's crazy. But they'll say that it's it's about fitness. That's um, the thing. Like mm. there was all this controversy, well, not controversy, but there was all this uh, argument over the um, cramping rule. And when I was playing, it went through a phase where every year the cramping rule changed. It was you can have treatment and sit downs and then it was you can't have any treatment and then it was you can have physio if you're cramping because people would argue that if you have broken down your opponent physically so much that they're cramping, then that is part of winning the battle. That is part of the physical battle. And if they can't continue uh, because they're yeah. cramping, then that's just the way that it goes. And you win essentially by, by default. Um, but I think they sort of came down on the side of, you can probably have some treatment for, for cramping is probably fair enough. But that's what that's how people yeah. think. You know, they, they say, well, if I'm tougher than you, if I'm better prepared, I'm better hydrated and I'm fitter than you and you're down there cramping, why should I have to sit around and wait for you to get treatment? Yeah, I sort of... So, um, just touching on, on the women's draw, it's... Uh, it's well it's great I look both doors both doors, whatever people say about players aren't here that the quality of player we do have here the quality of player that could cause an upset that could do so I mean look, we've got Carlos Suarez Navarro against Anjou it's another first round I didn't want to see I didn't want them together in the foot it's another for me Rublev Nishikori as in I, I didn't want that to happen so soon there, oh, mm. there's uh, who Maria Sakkari's got Annette Kontovic Sakkari talking about what a dream this would be to come through this uh, Asak is down the bottom of the draw. Ashbarty, Sara Saribes, Tormo. That is not going to be an easy one to start things off. It's just you look through Arena Sabalenka's in the top pick with Ashbarty as the third. She's got Magdalenet, Caroline Garcia, Donna Vekic. It's, it's just the great and good are here, and I am so excited about this getting underway. And in terms of your, f- 
Who's your favourite for the women's gold? Now we've now we've got the draw. I just do you know what? Before the draw came out, and it's actually nothing to do with the draw. I think it's just more making it a reality. Mm. I was thinking, so Saka playing in Tokyo, she's going to win. Like yeah, she's going to be the favourite yeah. on hard. I mean, couldn't be made for anymore. But now that the draws come out, and it's not, not. I'm not saying that her draw is uh, particularly bad. I mean, it's not at all. No, it's not. Um, it's it's just that it sort of makes it a bit more real, and I start thinking. Boy, she's going to be under some serious pressure. I mean, in terms of pressure, I mean, imagine, imagine if Nishikori was turning up to Tokyo as like the second seed. It'd just be ridiculous. Um, and that is essentially what she's doing. And I, I just think, oh, I don't know. I mean, she's been talking about how she's been struggling. She hasn't played a lot. We've got to add in. She physically, yeah, yeah she's practiced, but she has not played since she withdrew from Roland Garrison as you said everything else she's dealing with it's a big ask suddenly to appear in Tokyo at the Olympics right yeah that's the thing I just there's so many elements I mean she's she's underplayed but she's pretty good at that she's not too bad at sort of turning up and finding her level particularly on a hard court so I I don't hold too much weight on that because she does have an okay draw that she could sort of work her way in a little bit she's going to need to um, pick it up by the time she's playing Siontek but I, yeah, I just think the pressure that she's going to be under, the struggles that she's been having off the court with media attention and general pressure. We've had more articles or um, are they called articles when they're in those magazines? I guess so. Uh, pieces yeah. on Osaka. Yeah. We've had her documentary come out. You know, she she's talked about her mental health struggles and to go mm. from essentially taking a break from the sport to rest and recover and, and, and deal with her herself um, in, in terms of off the court to then first tournament back be the Olympics in Tokyo as the second seed. And I, I mean, it's just, it, it's That's literally, massive. I mean, that is the most pressure she can be under, right? Like surely that is the absolute maximum. So I, I do have slight concern for her that she's going to be okay and this isn't going to set her back a bit. Um, but, you know, maybe... And I know this is going to sound bad. I'm just saying, you know, these things in hindsight can always work out in your favour. Maybe an early loss at the Olympics uh, and all of that pressure dissipated will really help her going into the US Open because she'll feel a lot of pressure going into the US Open as well as defending champs. So yeah. um, and maybe she'll then be able to, to play better there. I know that she would absolutely be desperate to get a gold medal in Tokyo, of course. But I'm just saying that this feels like an ask. If she's able to win this tournament, I think that is... I'm, I'm always impressed with what Osaka can do on the court, but phew, that would be seriously impressive. Now, as we've learned, don't put any weight by my predictions because they are truly shocking. Um, mm. But I'm, I don't, don't agree so easily. Uh, <laughs> 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 for the men's, I'm, I'm sorry, Nishikura, I, I just can't see past that Rublev first round match. I'm going for a Djokovic-Medvedev final. Okay. With... One and two seeds, lovely. With... <laughs> Bold. <laughs> with... with Medvedev winning. Oh, oh. And Ooh. and in the women's, I'm going for a... Okay, then. I'm going for a, a Muguruza Sakari final. Oh. Okay, there you there go. There you go. You see, don't... don't yeah, thank you. Uh, with Sakari uh, uh, winning. There we go. Mm. Okay. Who are you going for? I like that. Sakari to win the gold medal. Why not? 
amazing story. I think that is a great shout, to be honest. I can so see that. Hey, how come Switzerland's name is still Switzerland? Didn't she change her name to Monfils? Well, she has, but I'm not sure if everyone's got the memo or how far Mm. in advance they sort of plan these bits. But yes, she has. It's It's going to be tough for radio comms, isn't it? We're going to be calling her Monfils? Well, she'll never play Monfils, so it shouldn't be that hard. What do you mean? Well, no, what? but as in if we're doing radio commentary and then somebody turns on the radio and they hear us talking about Monfils, they're going to think we're talking about Gael, not Alina. No? See, what's Monfils playing Barty for? <laughs> she is. So did, did you just duck out? What's your prediction? Because I need two yeah, minutes enough, at the end enough. to tell you about my toilet okay. All right, uh, okay. before I'll you go, go. Okay, really quickly then. Um, I I love your salary shot. I think that's brilliant. I'd love to steal it, but I won't. I'm not uh, not that mean. Um, I think Sviontek's going to beat Osaka. I'm going to say Sviontek for the women's. Okay. Yeah. And that's not a final. Former. She beat Osaka earlier than that, just... Uh, just to clarify. Uh, and then for the guys, Djokovic. Uh, quickly, two things. David sent uh, a message on Twitter just saying asterisk all over again because I think one oh, of us that said was it. me. I think it was you, wasn't it? It was me and I knew it at the time. And it really annoyed <sighs> me because I hate mistakes like that. It's like people ordering an espresso. I mean, what are you ordering? Like just what are you doing? I just can't stand it. I, di- I didn't I, I didn't think it was me. Okay, so, and finally on my toilets. Uh, you've been to Japan. I've been to Japan before. Mm. I'm a little bit older than when I was here before. I was doing the thing you do when when Roger gets a little bit older with you, showing my children a tour of my room. It didn't take very long. Got to the toilet. Obviously, toilet's got lots of buttons on it, which we don't have those toilets in the UK, right? And yep. and obviously, all the writing's in Japanese. Don't know what it means. So I'm pressing buttons saying, hey, look, boys, look what the toilet does. And I pressed the button that said kids because I thought, what's it going to do? Right. And this this long thing, like a straw, comes out from the middle of the toilet. I was like, hey, isn't that fun? And then I got completely soaked. The thing started spraying me with water and the bathroom's tiny. And suddenly it's like a fire hose is going off in the toilet. And I can't find the button to attract the little straw type thing. And I'm just everyone's sort of laughing on the phone as I'm saying, hey, boys, look, you press this button and your seat is hot. And this one, it's like a hairdryer. And this one got completely soaking wet. So now I've learned my lesson and I don't. Yeah. touch. I just sit on it. I don't press any buttons because it, I, can, I cannot tell you. I was literally holding the phone going, hey, boys, look, this thing comes up. And then the next minute. I am absolutely soaking wet <laughs> I love that. in my toilet in my hotel room. Um, but you know what? That was day one, jet lag. Things have changed since then, sort of. But um, yeah, I had, to, I had to tell you about the toilet. But amazing. I, now you have to go and continue your holiday now. And I have to put my yeah. air con on because I, I kept it off because of noise levels and I'm literally sweating. So yeah, fair enough. I need some air conditioning. You need to carry on with your holiday. But but I think we're all set. I think we are ready. We're ready for the Olympics to begin. We are. I can't wait. I'm going to be watching it. Amazing. And we're going to try. We're going to try our best sort of schedules once it all starts permitting to to link up next week and, and sort of yeah. worst case, we'll do it the beginning of the week after when it's all done and dusted but we will try our best to link up next week and and see how it's all going yes i'll speak to you then have fun enjoy it enjoy your holiday bye bye, bye.